0: I love the
1: smell of night pump in the morning. Hello and welcome to the never-ending movie marathon. I'm Matt. I'm Rocco. And I'm Alex. We're three filmmakers, friends, and film fanatics who are usually on a mission to curate the ultimate movie binge, one film at a time, with a very strict policy, hashtag no stinkers. But before we kick things
0: off, can you please do us a huge favor and follow, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Today, we are gonna shake things up a bit. Later in this mini episode, we are going to get into some hidden marathons. We'll do this by digging through the deepest and darkest recesses of our catalog to connect three older episodes by a common theme to create some brand spanking new mini marathons. Plus, we will add another movie we have never covered before to each hidden marathon to give it a little extra pizzazz.
1: <laughs> but before the pizzazz, we <laughs> have a very special announcement for Bat. Take it away, buddy.
0: Thank you, guys. Um, Yeah, so here at the NeverEnding Movie Marathon, as much as we all love talking about movies, we also love making them ourselves. And um, my wife, who's a filmmaker as well, recently got an opportunity to write and direct uh, her next short film called Daughter of the Sea. So if you notice that uh, I was absent from the Batman Mask of the Phantasm episode, it's because we were in Puerto Rico for three weeks in production on this amazing project. Um, I've been extremely fortunate to get to work with my amazing wife on this film uh, and an incredible team. And we are now in the process of editing editing, and finishing the film, which will premiere this summer at the Los Angeles Latino International Film Festival. So until that happens, I'll be taking a short break from the show uh, to focus on making this film as strong as it can be and really just getting it ready to show the world. Um, I'm extremely excited to share this special project with everyone, but a special thank you to you guys who are taking the reins on the NeverEnding
2: Movie Marathon from here. We are excited to see what you got, man. Really, really
0: Thank you. It's, it's coming together. Yeah, we're, we're super excited about it. Um, uh, details are still under wraps, but um, if you follow us on social media, yeah, you'll, you'll see more to come in the, in the coming weeks.
1: Can I spoil one thing? Yes. That there's a little bit of a cameo by a very special dog.
0: Uh, potentially we did okay. we did bring oh, our okay. sweet little boy rico uh down to down to puerto rico uh jury's still out if he's gonna make the movie or oh okay.
1: he was oh rico. He, he, yeah, he,
0: he, no, he, he was wonderful we had a, a couple of great dogs there uh on set with us who who really brought a lot of joy to everyone but uh the you know that we, we don't have a lot of uh we certainly don't have a lot of deleted scenes in this in this short film but uh he he, he might not make the final cut i guess we'll just we'll just have
1: to see <laughs> Now we're super excited to see it. And while you're gone, Rocco and I will be holding down the fort, uh, kind of painted ourselves into a corner by calling it never ending movie marathon, (laughs) but we're not gonna go dark. Uh, So for the next month or two, things will be similar, but different. Instead of mini marathons, we'll be doing double features. Based on themes, we take turns picking. That means two movies instead of the normal three to five. And in between our double feature episodes, we will have mini episodes. These will be shorter than normal episodes and vary in their cinematic coverage. Very much like the one you are listening to right now. Now, if you'll open your listening to a podcast instructions, I'd like to detail how this all works in another 11 or 12 steps.
2: Let's get (laughs) on to some hidden marathons now.
1: All right. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, do you want to take it away with yours? All right. Rocco uh, and Matt, since you're here, I'm going to quiz you on this and see first if you guys can figure out what these movies have in common. Just mm. off the top. The Spy Who Loved Me, Armageddon, Hunger, Sound of Metal. I mean, we've covered them. That's out of the way. Yeah, that, these are episodes the of Spy. The Ending. The American Spy
2: Living Who uh, Loved Me, Hunger, Armageddon, and Sound, Sound, Sound of, of Metal.
1: Metal. Yes. And I'll narrow it down with one little hint. It's not all of The Spy Who Loved Me. It's just the theme song. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: scratching my head and I'm I'm
0: so thrown off. All right.
1: Welcome to my mini marathon, my hidden (laughs) mini marathon called Somebody Does It Better based on the Carly Simon Nobody Does a Better song. Uh, Ah. And (laughs) do you know what you know what it refers to now? These are all movies that you can watch instead of movies that were nominated for 2021 Oscars. (laughs) 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 Because I think these movies... ...are better, and we covered them, so it's a lot more fun. Uh, I will say, I do really like No Time to Die. That's why I'm narrowing it down just to the song. I also really like Billie Eilish's song, but come on. Nobody does it better than Carly Simon and Marvin Hamlish. I mean, <laughs> come true. on. But The Spy Who Loved Me is our third episode ever, and it's from our first mini-marathon, the Adventure Classics mini-marathon. The next... Check out Armageddon uh, episode 11. It's from our March Sadness mini marathon. And I think it does a much better job than Don't Look Up uh, on most fronts. And I got to say, Don't Look Up seems like Adam McKay at some point was watching Armageddon on cable and said, hmm, what if I made this twice as long and half as funny? <laughs> yeah, and the academy said it would come step right up, here's your best picture nomination, yeah, and editing nomination. all right, next movie is hunger uh that's episode sixteen, and it's from our first timers mini marathon where we are spotlighting first time directors. um I think hunger is damn near a masterpiece by director Steve McQueen. It's such an incredible performance by Michael Fassbender, and it does a much better job of of detailing the troubles than Kenneth Branagh's Belfast, which won original screenplay this year. And lastly, Sound of Metal, episode 17 of our podcast from Putting on the Riz, our Riz Ahmed uh, miniseries. I got to say it, it's better than Coda. It's such Mm. an amazing film. Coda is a heartwarming family film that I can see why a lot of people loved, but sound of metal is such a dense nug, such a really powerful film. And I, I got to say that uh, I love it. And uh, I mean, come on, we're promoting our own stuff here. So don't watch those <laughs> new movies. I mean, if we cover them someday, watch them, but then listen to our episodes, but more importantly, listen to these old ones.
2: Oh yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I, I, I think you're right too. With the Coda thing is like, Code is probably a little bit more pleasant of a film, a little yes. bit more palatable, easy to digest, where Sound of Metal is bleak and hard and yeah. can, hits you in, in the face and really shows you that the confrontation of losing your hearing could be and would be probably one of the most devastating things you'd ever have to go through. And that, you know, there is a silver lining. There is a yeah. light at the end of the tunnel, but you have to work to get there to really become that better person. And yeah, I, I, I kind of understand why some people like it better, but I do agree with you. Sound of Metal is, I think by far the superior film there
1: to detail that experience of hearing Mm -hmm. loss. I, I can't, can't imagine a film doing it better. Like that is just so powerful. The sound editing, everything that they do in that is, is so devastating and Riz pulls it off so amazingly. And I just, yeah, that's my uh, Oscar corner. And I will add one movie to it. And it's a movie that was nominated for some things this year. And I think nobody really gave it much of a care. It's nightmare alley. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. That movie ripped. Mm -hmm. Y'all slept on it and I'm all in on Tony Collette right now, which is a little tease of what we have in store for you next week, but I, I think someday we should cover Nightmare Alley. Uh, I don't know oh, yeah. what it goes into. Maybe evil carnivals. We'll do killer clowns from outer space. Yeah. It's uh, it's a movie that I definitely want to put on our list for down the road someday. Love it.
2: Well, Alex, I, I must say you accidentally teed up my marathon perfectly, Ooh. but yes.
1: <laughs> Send in the clowns. Send in the
2: clowns. <laughs> Mine's a little bit more specific, but it's definitely in uh, trenched in the noir and neo-noir subgenres. So um, my my marathon is titled L.A. Dicks or L.A. Detectives and Defectives. And (laughs) it is L.A. centric uh, Hidden Marathon, obviously, and centers around leads of films who find themselves smack dab in the middle of larger than life mysteries or conspiracies. Sometimes they're good at what they do. Sometimes they're just there for the ride. So my first episode on this or first installment on this is episode six from our Tough Guy Bullshit Mini Marathon. It's the nice guys set in the 1970s. Takes two detectives that are both kind of half of a detective in some way or form (laughs) private eyes, and together they kind of become a full cohesive team. And they're trying to investigate both a missing girl and the mysterious death of a porn star that leads to a larger conspiracy directed by Shane Black starring Kurt Russell Crowe. If you don't get that joke, then go back to that episode and please (laughs) listen to it. Uh, Ryan Gosling and Kim Basinger. And it's a great combination of a buddy cop, uh, dark comedy and neo-noir all mixed into one and kind of encapsulates the end of the seventies in a a perfect way. It's a, it's oddly one of the more fun watching noir uh, movies you'll ever have because most noirs end pretty bleakly. And not to say that this movie doesn't have some bleakness to it and some real weird moments to it, but it also is just a fun and funny watch across the board. Uh, Speaking of which, Another movie that I'm going to say also is actually a pretty fun and funny watch across the board, even though it is also kind of a neo-noir, or in this case, kind of a stoner noir. I'm talking about episode 29, which is part of the Coen Brother Olympics. It's 1998's The Big Lebowski, which follows uh, Jeffrey or Jeff the Dude Lebowski, who is, you know, the ultimate uh, L.A. slacker. And the L.A. slacker, if you go by this movie's logic, is in itself an ultimate category of a slacker sure. <laughs> but the dude finds himself accidentally mixed up in a uh, scenario in which he's trying to find the missing wife of a man who has the exact same name as him but ultimately is just trying to replace his uh, rug the dude's mostly there just for the ride and probably doesn't really know what's happening half the time it's actually happening to him but he is so entrenched in this la world and this noir world that you just kind of get lost on the ride with him and it's such a great film but it's directed by the coen brothers uh, stars jeff bridges G- uh, john goodman steve buscemi julianne moore and Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it takes place in the 90s. It doesn't really ever fully state that in the movie, but you can tell by, you know, uh, George Bush being on screen at the end or uh, at the beginning right of it, that mm-hmm. this is taking place firmly in the beginning of the 90s. The next movie uh, was something that we actually very recently covered in our Bat Signals mini marathon. It's episode 60, and that's 1974's Chinatown, which follows a private detective who's hired to expose an adulterer in the 1930s Los Angeles, but finds himself caught up in a web of deceit, corruption, and murder. This movie stars Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, and John Huston. It is probably the thing that kickstarted the neo-noir subgenre that kind of takes everything a noir does and then uses a lot of those things and then kind of deviates from them, flips your expectations on them in many ways to kind of create a new subgenre within the noir genre itself. Um, The one that I'm going to pick is not a surprise. So I'm gonna give you some some honorable mentions at the end because okay. it's the movie I've probably talked about a lot on this podcast. It's one of my favorite films of all time.
0: Yeah, I, I would guess it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, it is. Yeah. Do you want to say it in unison, all three yeah. of us at the same time? Yeah, yeah. I think because we were all gonna say the same thing, right? Yeah. One, two, two three. L-A, La Confidential. confidential. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. I knew it was La Confidential. Rocky's oh. favorite movie and yep. one that we definitely need to cover on this show. Yeah, we
2: definitely, we definitely will cover. Covered it at some point in time, but LA Confidential came out in 97. It kind of deviates from the single detective kind of approach to a lot of the old noir movies. It has three detectives at the center of it. All of them kind of, you know, showing a different thing of the corrupt LA police force at the time. One of them's like a a straight lace. The other one is like kind of a Hollywood guy. The other one is kind of a bruiser and they all essentially have to work together to unravel not only the corruption that lies within the Los Angeles police department, but in the larger scheme of Los Angeles as a whole. And that one takes place in the 1950s. I love all these movies. I think they're fantastic. Um, Kurt Russell Crowe and Kim Basinger both star in this and in uh, The Nice Guy. So it's a nice little crossover there as well that connects them. But I think common themes that go through this is that these are all riffs on, like I said, the classic noir. This all takes place. Uh, in Los Angeles, and also one thing I think is interesting about these movies, it never forces L.A. on you, even though L.A. is in the name of some of these. Like you are on the ride for being in L.A., it's never like, "Look at this L.A. landmark!" Like yeah. look at this thing. <laughs> it's like you are immersed in the city, but you're not forced upon the city in these. And then they all take place in different decades and kind of showcase those decades: the 30s, the 50s, the 70s, and the 90s. But yeah, I I love all these movies. Yeah. And Based on that as well, like I said, because it was pretty easy to guess what I was picking here once I started this out. I'll give some honorable mentions of other great L.A. crime noir or crime noir adjacent films. And those honorable mentions are The Long Goodbye, which is an amazing film. Uh, The Big Mm -hmm. Sleep. One that I love that is not everybody's favorite is Inherent Vice. It might not be your cup of tea, but... Go for the ride and see if you like it. Um, Takes a couple watches
1: to get on the wavelength.
2: (laughs) A more modern uh, re-encapsulation of old noir, which is brick, which takes place in a high school. Mm -hmm. Very interesting perspective on it. It's it's a Los Angeles-based high school. To live and die in LA. Uh, Blade Runner, which is obviously like a future noir. And then uh, a more recent one, which is kind of along the lines of the stoner noir uh, or the bumbling idiot noir. And it's Under the Silver Lake, which is also a very
1: interesting wild trip. Awesome. Yeah. A movie we'll have to cover so you guys can finally make me watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one you know, I keep almost watching. Yes. It is that so was my experience close. With it too. Yeah.
0: I started it a couple times and I was like, I don't know. I don't Not know. Right and now, then I finally yeah. just was like, no, I need to sit down and watch this whole thing. And boy, was I glad I did. It's, it's, a, it's, a trip.
1: I'm, I'm big on Andy Garf's now. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. I, I, I really, I think I've always liked him pretty well, but like even more so. I mean, he was so good in Spider Man. He, he was so much better than that movie asked of him. And, and hmm. I'm big on Garf, let's say. Yeah, it. party on Garf. Yeah, party on Garf.
2: <laughs> Maybe, Maybe we'll do a Garf marathon.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've got one for you guys. It's inspirational to me after the experience that I've been through shooting in, you know, in, in some remote locations in, in Puerto Rico. But uh, uh, can you can you guess the the theme between these three films? Episode two, Sorcerer, episode 12, Titanic and episode 19, Rogue One somebody
1: losing their mind in the jungle (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs) you know is that what you're telling us (laughs) yeah very difficult you know productions and um, you
0: know so I would love to do you know to talk about uh, you know like films that were hard to make or just have these sort of storied production backgrounds because having gone through that it's like oh yeah I can definitely see how you know how easy it is for um, these things to just kind of go out of control and that sort of thing so uh, I would love to cover uh, Apocalypse Now at some point oh
1: which cut
0: (laughs) all of them we'll have to watch all of them and it's gonna take all day (laughs) all three or four or whatever we're up to now but uh
2: and then uh, a bonus episode on that would probably be the documentary yeah and then then we
0: do yeah heart of darkness yeah yeah hearts
2: of darkness that would be (laughs) <laughs> Such a good one to cover because it really does take you on the path and then we can go on everything that that documentary does not cover because there are some things that probably even uh, Mr. and Mrs. Coppola didn't want to get out there because of mm-hmm. what the potential ramifications of what that meant. But yeah, production held uh, a mini marathon would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. We are Matt,
2: Alex, and Rocco. We'll be back next week for our first double feature episode.
0: Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe.
2: Send us questions, comments, your favorite movie not nominated for Best Picture this year, and your suggestions for the next mini marathon.
1: Bye. Bye-bye. Con Air. Um, I mean, it was released 20 years ago, but it still (laughs) could be up. Uh It's due. It's due. It's the year. (laughs) It's (laughs) the year. All right. And cut.